I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I will personally apologize to, to anyone who I got snarky with over the last week in this kind of funk that I've been in. I feel like we need to get back to having fun. And, and, and this season hasn't felt fun. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? This is so The sad. Dig. I'm Nick. It's kind of sad. It's a uh, melancholy. Is that the right Ooh. word? Yeah, I think Great maybe that album. is the right word. It's kind of a. You know, it's late afternoon on a Wednesday. I feel like I've been through the uh, range of human emotion over the last like week <laughs> with this on a team Wednesday? and <laughs> on Twitter. No, not yeah, not just today. But um, it's been a quite the week for me um, and this team. How's your week going? I mean, I'd, I'd say I'm 75 percent over my cold. Um, yeah. Still feeling a little uckies today, but it's kind of more um, like that feeling when you've had too much coffee and not enough to eat. And your body is just like a little kind of wound up. <laughs> There's my health for the day. <laughs> so you're you're expected to play, but you're like on a minute's restriction, something like right. that tonight. Right. Yeah. And there's a off chance I go off for 50. Right. In that weird, like delirious state that players get sometimes when they're yeah. sick. Hyper focus, like wherever that gets you. Sometimes right. it gets you right down the middle faster than anybody. Yet, but most of the time it just sends you speeding off. I can relate to that. I think I, I've done some pretty good writing when I was sick before, actually. Yeah, I've been editing for eight hours straight, so. I'm in a weird hole right now. Well, you're not the only one in a weird hole at the moment. Um, <laughs> what is this hole that I'm in? The, <laughs> the uh, Denver Nuggets, man. Can they put together back-to-back decent games? Can they put to- together back-to-back decent quarters? That would, that would be refreshing to see this year. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't tell you how excited I was that they made it th- that three and zero against three of the best teams in the NBA. I I was hoping for two of those, and I wasn't even expecting sure. two. And then we get three of them, and then we take a nosedive against one of the worst records in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks. So, who were without John Collins, but it is what it is. So, I feel like we're gonna get into. The, the Nuggets play um, some of the specifics of where they're at right now. Uh, and also kind of where the fan base is at right now. I think um, I think in a lot of ways this season, we've everybody, the team, the fans, the media, I'll include myself in that. I feel like everybody's kind of like gotten off on the wrong foot this year. I don't know what what's caused that exactly. I have a theory that I'll get into in a minute, 
Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I feel like we are in desperate need of just a reset on this season. So okay. that's today's theme. All right. The theme. So let's start off this reset with a little fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, Jeremy. Nuggets fans should feel blank about the seven and three start. Nuggets fans should feel bearish about the Nuggets seven and three start. Maybe my favorite illustration when it comes to how Nuggets are playing versus their records is the stock market. So the market value, the market value would be the record. Here we are with a seven and three start. So they're valued at seven and three. And us as uh, as people playing the game, we have to figure out, is it valued truly at seven and three? Is it going to go higher and we should buy now because it's it's only going to be worth more later? Or are we selling because we think that they don't deserve it? And I'm bearish. I think seven and three isn't a real evaluation of how they've played. Um, I think I think that. It's odd because I'm not too worried about the future, but in the short term, based on what we've seen out of just 10 games, uh, uh, interesting little sample size, but still nothing too reliable, that that just hasn't been 7-3. and three. They just haven't played a 7-3 and three record. So, um, so yeah, bearish. I, I, I think that things are going to get probably a, a little bit worse as far as the record goes um, than... I already forgot the start of my sentence. That's how deep of a hole that I'm in. <laughs> but my point is, uh, my point is, it's it's going to get a little bit worse than it gets. Then, before, oh my gosh, then <laughs> until like what? <laughs> They're going to turn out play, just like my talking is. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the Nuggets should feel. Nuggets fans should feel. Pleasantly surprised about the Nuggets seven and three start. Um, I it, you know obviously if you told any of us that they would start the season seven and three, and they'd have wins over the Sixers. Who else have they beaten? Have they beaten anyone else this year? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the yeah, Sixers, I mean- the Blazers, uh, big win in Minnesota against a, a hungry team. Who's been feeling itself? You know, there's been there's been some some definite high points, and the record looks pretty good, uh, according to five thirty eight. I just saw their updated expected uh, playoff standings, and the Nuggets were in fourth, which is I think pretty consistent with where a lot of people thought they would be. You know, somewhere in the top half of the Western Conference, something like that. So, like, if you look at all that stuff, it looks fine. Like, it looks like things are going. To plan, but it do- doesn't feel that way, does it? And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, you know, it's obviously it's just how, how their stars are playing more than anything. Uh, the bench has been a problem, but you know, the, the stars and that big core of Jokic, Murray, and Harris, um, you know, are, are how this team is going to ride to a championship. And the three of them, you know, have had their moments, but they've been really up and down. So far, that combined with spotty play from the bench and a bunch of other things, is just making this feel really, really uneven. So I, I'm, I guess, 
trying to remind myself to be pleasantly surprised because they really shouldn't be seven and three. So the fact that they are playing this poorly, I think hopefully means that, that we have better play in the future and, and maybe they're still on track to be a top seed in the West, but yeah, I mean, basically you just said everything that I was trying to, that I train wrecked into, but you took the optimistic approach. So respect, I guess we could go for that right now, especially on, uh, on these harsh Wednesdays that you've been going through. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I should say that last night's game against the Hawks was very disappointing. Coming out off of two big wins, it seemed like maybe the Nuggets had had turned a kind of corner. Right. Uh, they had that big lead in Minnesota that they almost blew, but they didn't blow it. And it was a road game, and Minnesota's been playing really well. You know, so you'll take those wins. You you know, you scoot on out of there with that W and you come home and you're playing. <laughs> it's the first time anybody's used that phrase. Scoot on <laughs> out of there. You with scoot a w. on out. Yeah. <laughs> and you you scoot yourself into Denver. Um, you know, and play a, a shorthanded team that's got a losing record in the Eastern Conference. You that's a that's a game you gotta win. The thing is. Trey Young went absolutely bananas in that game. He was shooting, right. you know, beyond 30 feet on pull-up threes with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and making them went eight of 13 from three or whatever. Like sometimes I feel like you have to just say, look, it's November in the NBA and there are talented players on every team. And Trey Young is an insanely talented player who's off to a tremendous start this year. And he just went nuts. And yeah. yeah, like the Nuggets, the Nuggets could have played played better defense. You know, and I'm sure Coach Malone will blame, you know, the defense like he did last night after he watches the tape. I'm sure there's lots of defensive lapses and things like that. But the honest truth is they lost by four points. You take away a couple of those bonkers threes that Young shot, and the Nuggets win that game, even with whatever defensive issues they had or whatever. So Yeah, it like, felt like I, they were down by four the entire fourth quarter. Just like constantly down by four. Yeah. And every time they'd, they'd close the gap, you you know, Hawks would hit another huge three or or they would try to close down on Trey Young and he'd get somebody a wide open shot. He, he was just making every every play. He was making he was making the right reads, the right passes. And when he took bad shots, he was making them. And just some guys that, that sometimes they pull that stuff out. And that's that's why last night's game, I feel like we'll get more into this a little bit later, too. But like the the kind of tenor, at least online last night was so negative surrounding that game when I really felt like it should have just been a wow. Trey young is really good narrative. Like to me, that was, that was the bigger story last night. Not, not, well, see, we're back to old, like nuggets habits. Um, yeah, I fall in line with that. Um, I, I would say the nuggets should have won that game. Um, not that we're, that they were playing 100%, but they were playing, 90%. And for the first time in a while, when the bench came out for their first stint, they looked like they were right, right, lock and step to where they were last season. Uh, so stars played well, the bench played well. Uh, it really was Trey Young's magic. It, and honestly, I haven't felt that, that like loss at words, like magic is the best word I can think of since uh, Steph Curry destroyed us in the playoffs. The first time going Ugh. back, what was that? Like six, seven years ago. 
Yeah, the game um, you and I were at. Yeah. Uh, where here was this guy kind of, not that he came out of nowhere, but um, I'd say an unlikely hero came in with the amount of overwhelming power that that one player is able to ha possibly have and just hit his peak and just lit us up where there was no no answer to it. So, yeah, it was that that's how that that game felt to me. That's the narrative that I would give. And so I see what you're saying about um, feeling that that's the, the story as opposed to the Nuggets are just bad and they're going to be worse. If you look if you look back over the past 10, like I just got done saying, I don't think they deserve that record. But if we look at that game specifically, it's the opposite. I actually think they do kind of deserve the win there other than the crazy play of Trey Young. So it is kind of like one of these – we've got a glass that's half full right now. So I think there's going to be a lot of people yeah. out there calling it from both angles. I mean, look at what it took for the Hawks to win that game. Trey Young had to go 8 of 13 from three. A number of those threes were horrendous shots from – incredibly yeah. long range that still went in the nuggets big three on the other hand Jokic, murray and harris combined for three for 22 from three Ugh. i mean that's horrendous like so we're talking about a flip-flop of uh harris making three of ten threes or Jokic making two of nine threes or whatever it was that he shot instead of one of nine or one of eight and Trey Young missing one of his 30-foot pull-ups. And now we're talking about a Nuggets win today. And they're 8-2. and two, And they're first place in the Western Conference. And they're on a three-game winning streak or whatever. And we're all feeling, you know, pretty comfortable with ourselves, I think. Um, But that's not the way it worked out. And now the sky is falling. Again. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, there we go again, using half of our show's time for one question. So why don't we, yeah. um, why don't we move on to the it's next one? kind of our one. MO. <laughs> uh, fill in the blank, Nick. The player in biggest need of a reset this season is blank. All right, so we have a fair amount of candidates to choose from for this question. <laughs> but for me, the, biggest, the player in biggest need of a reset this season is Malik Beasley. I had... Super high hopes for him coming into the season. Um, I, I thought he was going to be one of the main reasons that the Nuggets would move into the next tier of championship contending teams is because of the production they would get from him off the bench as the sort of dynamic sixth man, um, some combination of him and, and Jeremy Grant and what they could offer as bench players um, or as some kind of a fit in with the starters, you know, when injuries crop up or based on matchup or whatever. 
And he has been not good so far this year. Uh, he is averaging six points a game. He's about minus four in plus minus. Now he's hurt. I mean, really, if you take out that Portland game uh, where he played well, it's been a total train wreck of a of a year for him. And I I don't know what's happened there. I, I don't know. His, his three-point shooting is actually still pretty good. He's shooting like 41% from three on about three attempts a game. So, like, that sounds good. But the production is just not there. I don't it, – it, that's basically all he's adding right now. Um, he, and he doesn't, he looks sort of lost and, and, and uninspired when he's out there. And I think that's been one of the major problems, uh, that, that the bench has had getting going this year. And I think overall the bench has probably been the, the biggest issue for the team. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting when you look at like how far the Clippers have made it, um, before they got their duo of superheroes with, uh, really how much Lou Williams has meant to their team as uh, a sharpshooting sixth man. Um, that that could be, I'll say future tense, still could be huge for us if Malik comes alive at some point. Uh, no reason why he can't improve upon what we saw last year. And even just doing what he did last year would be hugely significant. But um, I think my answer goes hand in hand with yours. Uh, the player in biggest... The player in biggest need of of a reset this season is Monte Morris for me. Um, I feel like, and I almost say this out of respect, I feel like nobody, maybe on our team, is more important to the other player. Well, no. Okay, that's Jokic. But, I mean, Monte Morris, how he goes is how the bench goes. That's all I'm trying right. to say here. And, and yeah. so if he's on point and clicking, you you know you can expect to get a lot out of the guys around him. And that that might have a lot to do with Beasley's struggles. Um, that might have to do with with the struggles of the bench in general. I do have to say Plumlee's been playing well um, considering his role, but um, Monte just hasn't really been there. And and kind of like Malik, you, you were saying his three-point shot is actually looking pretty good, but the production isn't there. Um, it's not like Monte Morris is getting crazy or something like that, completely off track. Uh, his turnovers are still like famously low, um, but everything else just is too. The the shot isn't there. Um, the I'm, that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. But also the assists just don't seem to be quite as um, in 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 a productive flow as they used to be before. It's it's funny thinking of yeah, of playmaking and assists compared to shooting. With shooting, it's just it's one basket. It, it, the ball goes in or it doesn't. Um, it's binary. But in passing, you you can grade that as much as you want on some sort of spectrum. Um, and and so just like making a good pass, I'm doing air quotes right now. Is is uh, it's hard to truly evaluate and. Obviously, the the best evaluation is one ending in a shot, but um, but just overall, it's it's been hard to it hard for somebody like me. I'll just say I'll I'll, I'll limit myself in how I'm able to qualify um, the, his production, and it, we're just not seeing we're not seeing the end result at this point. And 
that's somebody who I just absolutely fell in love with last season, who had a huge impact on everybody around him. And I think we're de desperately um, needing back, um, back at where he was before. And when he falls into place, I just feel like everything else will as well. Yeah, there was a time early last season when I was kicking around the idea of starting Monte at point guard and having Jamal as a sixth man before, you know, Murray definitely took a step forward last year. Um, even at the time, that was kind of a hot take. But, I mean, that's how well he was playing. Like Right. Uh, Statistically, I, he was there. I just There's really liked his fit. Yeah, like I, I really liked his fit as another playmaker, especially in light of, of Barton's absence and really his struggles last year. Um, starting unit didn't really have a lot of playmaking and uh, Murray was still, you know, had really hadn't, hadn't evolved as a passer. So I, yeah, I, there's, like I said, there's, there's a, there's a number of places to go around here. A number of, of people that could fill this slot slot. I mean, Jeremy Grant's been, uh, you know, an issue so far too. I think it just has not looked comfortable or like he has kind of any idea what his sort of role is or place on this team. Um, and then, if, you know, we've got the starters. You know, is a really mixed bag there, too. Um, Harris's shooting is horrendous. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say Harris. Better, but, <laughs> I wanted yeah, to. I mean, but his, yeah, so but Harris's defense has been good. I mean, he has shut down some of the better scores that they've played so far. Um, but it's not I don't know. You know, he's been such a liability on the offensive end. It's kind of like our what we talk about with Tory Craig. Like, yeah. Um, I don't think you know, he's not quite that limited and, and a lot of his issues is just his shot just not going in. Um, he's like about one for a thousand right now on floaters. It, it seems like <laughs> I've never seen somebody miss so many floaters in my life. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, there's there, there's there's definitely a there's definitely a number of players on this team that need a reset, which well, of course the real answer this to this question is Jokic because he's the most important player on the entire team. I mean, and he's, and he's, yeah. and he's mediocre. And so that's the guy you want to get going more than a guy who's playing way worse than Jokic, but overall is going to be way less valuable. But I'm glad <laughs> so, another, so neither I of us went around. with that answer. Yeah. So my, I think that was the more, most obvious one maybe, except so I, <laughs> I kicked it around in my head, but Reason I went away from it is because I don't think it would matter. I think he'd be the same person if we reset the season. I um, think it would matter. He's uh, or, or even just for the yeah. fan. Okay, watching Prime Jokic yeah. is so much fun. It's the most fun basketball I've ever watched in my life. So just to be selfish and right, to enjoy right, the, right. the play, I would love that guy. Well, humming on all cylinders. I, no, of course. I and I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to say that. I, I think he's playing up to his potential by any means right now. I guess my point is if we could go over and, you know, if we could start the season over again, I'm not sure how much changes. Like, I don't, I don't know if Jokic is just off on the wrong foot or if this is just kind of right. Something we need to get used to is him sort of getting off to these weird, slow starts. And the more people put pressure on him, the more he kind of just goes contrarian. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what to do with the the start he's had. Um, we'll get to that a little more. With this next question, the player least in need of a reset is blank. The player least in need of a reset is Will Barton. And mm -hmm. again, I'm going to say what I want to say is Paul Millsap because that guy's gotten so much crap from people 
um, through the years. Granted, he's made a lot of money, um, and I'm not sure every right. single dollar is is accounted for, but he's been playing so well to start off the season. But Will Barton is the guy who you just don't want to touch. Like Malone should not say a single word to him to adjust anything at all. Just let that guy keep doing what he's doing. Um, as much as I enjoyed my my little you know, stock market illustration, I don't need to use an illustration here. The most important stats of all time, everybody knows, is fantasy basketball. And in fantasy Obviously. basketball, Will Barton is four spots ahead of Jokic. He is the most valuable fantasy basketball player on the Denver Nuggets. End of story. Yeah, I mean, it does. It does. It says a lot. I mean, that's what the advanced metrics show too. Uh, that's just what the the straightforward numbers say. Also, um, <laughs> and the eye test. He is pretty much all around the best Nugget right now. And it's not even really particularly close. His plus minus is twice what Jokic's is. And I so, yeah, I, I just wrote an article about this, actually, um, for anybody who hasn't checked it out. Nick's Nuggets, uh, five things I love about the Nuggets today was focused on Will Barton and all of the aspects of his game that, you know, have really improved this year, certainly over last year. But even even for his career, he's up in a number of ways and and uh i just love how he's playing so i had him also as my player least in need of a reset um i okay i'm gonna also throw Jokic's name in for this one too because oh like i can't tell he's not hitting shots is that really the issue here i mean he we taught we complained about him looking you know, lethargic on defense last year or seeming like he was checked out a fair amount. Um, and he, you know, finished as, you know, first team all NBA with historic numbers for a center. Um, when you combine his, his playmaking, you know, across the board, those things are down a little bit this year. His numbers are still pretty good, but his shot isn't there. He's, you know, shooting like, I don't know, negative percent from three and, you know, like 50% from the field or something where traditionally he's been like a 60% shooter. So I'm just wondering how much is just some natural kind of slumping that's happening here with these shooters. Like Murray has, has historically gotten off to slow starts pretty much every year that he's been a nugget. Um, I think this year he's maybe even been a little bit better than we've seen from him in the past. Like, yeah, early in no, the totally. So I, I'm just, yeah. So I'm just wondering like, how, yeah, how big of a how how big of an issue is Jokic? I, I maybe, maybe that's what's in the back of everybody's head. It, all of this discussion is really just Jokic, and should we be genuinely worried that he's not the guy we thought he he was, which is an MVP candidate? Yeah, no. You know, is he just a good second player on a on a playoff team? Um, I, I'm not willing to do that. Yeah, go there yet? Yeah, we we've got too much um, too much record to go on of how he performs and this has been too little of a test 10 games too little sample size to start even questioning that i agree yeah anyway so on to the next one blank is probably going to continue to be a problem 
shooting is probably going to continue to be a problem. It was oh. a problem last year. Uh, um, they just and I'm. It's surprising to me. It seems like it shouldn't be. I mean, we have Barton shooting fifty three percent. I just talked about Beasley having this horrible start to his year, and he's shooting forty one percent from three. Um, you know, Murray's okay. Harris has has been really struggling. Jokic has been struggling. Um, Jokic is kind of his three kind of comes and goes historically. Um, but he should be up in the mid mid thirties probably by the end of the season. So Millsap's been, been shooting well from three. So I'm not really sure what the issue is as a team. They're shooting about 34% three, which isn't horrendous. It's not great, but it sure feels worse. And it just seems like they're not hitting the wide open threes. I know Murray um, in particular is really down on wide open threes, which is weird. Yeah. I think there'll be some correction there, but I I just, yeah, I feel like this team really could use a knockdown shooter. And, and I, I feel like what Trey young showed us in that Hawks game really shows like what Jamal Murray could be. If, I don't I, I, like mm, I've gone the other direction. I don't, I don't even know. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, the the thing I wasn't. Let the me only put it one. this way. Trade out Jamal Murray for Trey Young on the Nuggets team. Trade him out or a Damian Lillard or like somebody who is like a cold blooded <laughs> well, three point shooter. This is a great this is a great point of conversation that isn't even on our agenda for this podcast. Yeah. But let's just dive into it. That's what we do. This okay. is this has even come yeah. up. um on our uh, Facebook, it, but yeah, I've been talking uh, with people through this Facebook about this. Other other people have been bringing this up. Um, I think, uh-huh. and the thought even hit me. I was like, "What about that? That guy for that guy? Which draft picks were they? Blah blah blah." And for starters, Murray, there was kind of this uh, this. Um, I'm going to say the word again: magic, magical mist about Murray that maybe he could become something like Curry. Um, at some point, and I w- I bought it. I was I was waiting through this magical mist myself. And at this point, I've c- I've closed the book on that. They're just going to be two different players, and I-, I just don't ever see Murray developing that sort of like snap, thirty five foot shot that just always goes in, forty foot shot that always goes in. Um, and Trey Young, at an even younger age, has already got that down. He's he's one of three guys. Him, Dame, uh, and, and Curry that that are able to do that. And yes, he's a better shooter than Jamal. But where there starts to be a, an argument for for Jamal Murray is when you get to the playoffs. Um, we've seen a few times how small, I'm going to go tiny point guards can just get swallowed up in the playoffs. Uh, you face the wrong, you draw the wrong competitor and or opponent and it's just game over there's just nothing you can do about it. we saw it with isaiah thomas that how how far the celtics would try and push it and push it incredible regular season team but just not able to push far enough in the playoffs jamal murray technically has the size to be able to to not be that um negative factor even though we saw last playoffs that he totally was a guy who was sniped, who was gone after. And on defense, he just couldn't really hold up. Um, but the the blueprints are there. 
to work with. And that's something that Trey Young will never have. Um, this isn't a solid argument by any means, but it's worth considering. And, and it makes my mind be at ease when I think of, you know, how maybe we could have Trey Young or something like that. Um, and it makes me just want to keep going forward with Jamal and seeing where we're going. He's been playing well, and he's a good compliment to Jokic. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not literally suggesting, you know, a swap there. I guess, I guess more, I'm talking about a mindset, maybe, or like a. Well, he's got the mindset. I'm, I'm wondering why. You know, like Murray, we've seen Murray put up a near 50 point game, you know, where he was a killer. Where he did, he was, you know, where he was sniping in the way that Trey Young did last night. They're right. kind of similar games, actually. Um, I'm wondering why we don't see it more often. Maybe, maybe that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I don't get now. I've heard that Murray is, you know, one of the most competitive people. Will Barton came out this this weekend and talked about that about about Murray's um, fiery competitiveness and that he, he compared it to Damian Lillard. And I keep kind of hearing things, you know, yeah, there was a lot of talk about him maybe being like a Steph Curry. Now we're now we're getting Barton comparing him to Damian Lillard and 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 people talking about his um his real competitive drive. And I guess I just feel like we don't see it often enough. And I'm wondering why or if maybe or maybe it's how it's coming out. Like maybe he just needs to get a little more selfish and, and shoot more. Uh, maybe maybe he's gone too far in the direction of trying to be a point guard, you know, on a team where your center is your point guard, really. And, you know, maybe he would he would be better served to to be more focused on scoring than he has been. This might um, all be right. I've kind of always thought Kyrie Irving was a good kind of model for him. Um, yeah. You know, a guy who averages like five or six assists a game historically with like, you know, 23 points a game, something like that who can kind of be that deadly shooter, but yeah, no, I think um, you're digging into some really rich soil right now. I, I, my mind has wandered there as well. Um, and mindset going back to what you talked about, I think that is kind of it. Um, it just, it completely changes the Jokic ball style that I want to say we're used to, even though it's, it's changed like every season, even now it's looking different than it did last season. Now it's, it is going more into Jokic Murray two two man ball, but um, well, I mean, a little bit like that combined with all this, um, um, driving to the hoop and then, um, throwing the ball out kind of thing. Um, there's an actual mm. phrase for that. I wish I could remember, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's scary when you go down that path. It's like Luke going to the dark side or something like that. Like maybe, maybe he would be faster and stronger and, and all that, but then what are you actually sacrificing to, to go down in that direction. Um, what, what, what aspect of Jokic ball are you leaving behind that's going to possibly never come back and never get you to the, the, the win the right way, or, or as Nuggets fans have decided is, is the right way, which I'm throwing myself in with a mix. It's through Jokic. On to our last fill in the blank. Blank is probably not going to continue to be a problem. All right, I think the bench is probably not going to continue to be a problem. I just think there's too much talent there. I mean, we're barely getting any MPJ. And the the the, mo- the moments we're getting are looking very promising to me. I'm I'm still not entirely sure why we're not seeing 
more of him. Um, I'm I'm just gonna assume it's because of what Malone thinks he 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 sees on defense. That's that's too concerning and and that he's not you know providing quite enough upside on the offensive end to counterbalance that. So if that's the case, fine. And again, I'm I'm still staying patient here, but. You know, we've got a, a potential superstar sitting on the bench at the moment who's barely being utilized. Jeremy Grant has not found his place yet. Malik and Monte have not found their form from last year by any stretch of the imagination. And we have, you know, we got guys like Vando and and uh, Chanchar and, you know, a bunch of dudes that have a lot of talent that could still um, play a role on this team. So I'm not willing to say like, oh, we've we've overrated the bench. I think I think. The, the you know adding grant to this bench and then whatever's happened with with monte and, and malik to start the season there's just been some some kind of a weird funk that just needs to be reset like they 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 really just um need to need to find a way to come together you know maybe maybe it's a game where we get a a blowout or something and maybe they get like a whole half to play together and and really start figuring some things out. Maybe it's something that has to happen behind the scenes. Maybe there's some sort of lineup shift. I know people are are kind of messing with a, a few different lineup ideas uh, that that might be tried. I'm sure Malone's thinking that through. He's talked about it, you know, publicly about the bench, you know, obviously having issues. So yeah, I don't know, but I I think I think they're gonna get that that figured out because there just is is too much talent. I I just don't see a reason why they won't. Yeah. Um... As interested as I should be in what you just said, I just completely kind of blew it off because you completely dodged my answer for the last question. So don't really care about oh, what you have to say. Crap, you're point. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Because we right. got off on that tangent. Stumped I totally forgot. <laughs> all over my answer. Uh, I'll throw it out there real quick. I'll, yeah. I'll go back to it. I, yeah. I know everybody's do. dying for it. This whole time they were listening to you, they were like, what's Jeremy supposed to say? Yeah. No, you're so, right. Here we go. It's been nine. Um, Tory Craig. Tory Craig is probably not going. Is probably going to continue to be oh, a problem. Yeah, and I'm I don't even need to back it up, right? So I'm going to move into the next question. <laughs> um, Jeremy Grant is probably not going to continue to be a problem. Oh, um, I'm interested as to hear much you as, say that. Yeah, yeah. You've been um, down on him. I, I, I'm, I don't dislike him. I just question his fit with our team, and and I do. As much as I've been throwing out all these takes because they're only based on 10, 10 games, I'm going to keep this take based on 10 games. Um, I do expect his three-point shot to come back, but um, I, I'm really starting to feel like the rebounds are real. And I, I think his defense is um, pitted. It's it's full of good things and bad things. And him as a starter next to Jokic – I'm really starting to feel like is uh, probably like a C fit between A, you know, A, B, C, yeah. D, F, um, I, I, a C like average fit. I think I think he would do a good job, better job than Millsap um, when it comes to guarding the rim. But he, I don't, he's not going to bring as much to the the off ball play that that Millsap does. Um, between Millsap's ability to double up at the right time, to swipe at somebody else at the right time, to hold down big guys in the block. Um, well, n- never mind. That is one thing that, that Grant can do pretty well. But it's just, it's not a perfect fit, I don't think. Um, 
And again, we've only seen 10 games of this, and we haven't seen a ton of him next to Jokic, but um, he's played about a third of his minutes next to Jokic. Uh, so we do have a decent little size there. So I'm still going to be optimistic and keep going with it. Um, I think overall his play is going to improve quite a bit, but I, I don't think that we're looking at a high-quality high fit next to Jokic as far as our future is concerned. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still curiously optimistic about him, but it, it hasn't gone well so far. And so I don't know, you know, I, I we'll just have to see after this season's over, if this is going to, going to be the right fit, we'll see if they can get this thing figured out. But I mean, there are definitely some concerns there, but, but I, I, I think I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think we're definitely going to see something better than we have. Um, with his with his fit with this group um yeah trade him for trey lyles man i wish i'd love to have that guy on our team <laughs> oh god exactly. it's fu- it's funny he's been getting all sorts of respect from uh spurs fans oh good he's been playing Great. like kind of well for them <laughs> as he <laughs> tends to do <laughs> his first year on a team he kind of makes sense on that team now that i'm thinking about it like if he can get uh I don't know if he, if he can have any kind of production whatsoever. <laughs> I, I can see know. him being kind of like a a sleepy Popovich product, you know, like one of those guys that kind of <laughs> ends up hitting some game winning shot in like game three of the first round or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's kind of got the body of Robert Ori. I could kind of see that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. Trey Young is a freak. Chalk it to Nug Life. That and the season so far. All right, Jeremy, we are introducing a new segment now. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. This new segment is called Let's Chat. <laughs> and the way this works is AKA, you and I. We have. No, no, no. The, the AKA is that we don't have any fun games to play. So we're just going to talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and I are just going to have a chat for a minute. Uh, other people can listen in if they'd like. So the kind of idea we've been, we've been rolling around here in this show about this idea of a reset. I feel like I personally could use a reset also on this season. 
And I'm kind of feeling like a vibe on Twitter specifically among Nuggets fans and, and also among media types that may, maybe it's the pressure of these expectations that we all put on this team this year and then kind of by extension on ourselves. It's maybe just gotten things off to the on the wrong foot. Like, I feel like the the narrative, the the, the tenor, the timber surrounding this team is just gotten it got it, it, it got so clangy so quickly uh, because they didn't come out of the gate playing that well. And we keep expecting every game to see this, you know, 130 point Jokic ball moving offense, you know, with staggering defense and we're not seeing it and and we're getting, you know, all of these sort of herky jerky play out of our superstars and everybody it's just put everybody in this kind of foul mood. And I know for me, at least I'll just speak for myself like, you know, I found myself in this last week getting into it on Twitter with, you know, a bunch of people <laughs> over the week and not to, you know, talk too much about anything specifically. But like there's a number of times where I had these kind of out of body moments where I'm like, Who is this person tweeting these things? This is not me. Like, I'm not this snarky <laughs> or like this. Um, I don't know. Or like, really I'm, not, I'm not that yourself. guy or or maybe I am. Yeah. And I, I if, if that's the case, um. I'm getting off Twitter immediately and I'm going to go spend some time in a monastery for a while or something. <laughs> um, but it, Zach's article, you know, got me thinking if, if for anybody that didn't see, see that article, Zach. Yeah. Let's preface this. Zach, uh, our, our fellow Denver Stiff, Zach wrote an article uh, yesterday called seriously though. Can we shut up about Denver Nuggets center, Nikola Jokic? Um, I should say, I want to clarify, he's not saying, let's just stop talking about Jokic like he's all that great. It's actually the reverse of all the criticism that Jokic has been getting and um, negative conversations that have developed out of it, um, specifically because of his weight, but because of other things, because of how he looks, I should say. Um, so definitely worth a read for anybody. Um, I One of my favorite articles I've read already this season, so... Check it out. We're talking about it now. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this all came out for people that aren't on Twitter specifically or didn't hear about this. Um, this butthole from Philly named Spike Eskin uh, made a bunch of comments, snarky comments about Jokic's weight that had absolutely nothing to do with his play. Um, they were just basically mean, mean jabs at how he looks. Uh, he went on his podcast uh, a couple, I don't know, like a day later or something, or maybe it was the day before, and and basically said that he is like disgusted just having to watch Jokic like run up and down a, a a court, you know, just super super snarky stuff like that. This is one of the things that got me going, and 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 brought out comments from from me that I am not happy about, and and so I apologize to anyone who was disappointed in anything that I I wrote in response to that guy. Um, or any of the the fans that kind of jumped on, but you know, it got it just got into stupid, stupid Twitter stuff. You know, bagging on cities back and forth, and 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 whatever. And it, I just like, you know, I think I think he's kind of representative of a certain type of sports media member who thrives on on this stuff. You know, they they love to just throw out these like 
you know, spicy jabs. And then as everybody gets mad at him for their horrendous takes, you know, then they can start retweeting people like, oh, look, I, I've triggered everyone. Look how triggered these people are, you know, a bunch of weenies mm. or, or whatever. And and that's how they make their name. And it's it's super annoying. Um, but, you know, enough of us fell for the bait, <laughs> too, which is really all yeah. it was. And, yeah, no, I think and so he got what he wanted. There's like two types. Well, I don't know if there's only two, but I realize there's a different type of, I guess, way that you appreciate the sport. And it's just coming from from places that I don't come from. I, I would be much more in the audience of people interested in the um, – I don't want to say like the dorky version, but uh, I like the analytics of it. I like the challenges and comparing oh, yeah, that's performances and things like – Yeah, and, <laughs> and this is a guy who is not in that camp whatsoever. And yet he he is media. He's he's a huge, prolific um, icon <clears throat> in the Philly area. <clears throat> there goes my voice again. Um, and but he's not coming from the same area. And so this is a guy who's not going to be calling out people for their you know um, their the plus minus. assists or you know their their defensive rating or something like that because he he doesn't care about that. And he just cares about you know how how things look and the reputations and 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 it's a different way to appreciate it, um, and that's different. That's just that's not where I'm coming from, um, and I that that can get you in a fire. But that's exactly the path that he's going down. So it it is what it is. Yeah, and so I think this is. This kind of boiled over. I mean, we had like three days of this like sniping on. It wasn't even just on Twitter. I mean, he ended up coming on on radio in Denver and getting into it with the altitude guys some. And there's and they were sniping back and forth at each other on social media. I mean, it it just got stupid right now. I mean, some of this is kind of fun. I'm actually <laughs> like I actually kind of kind of have fun with this stuff sometimes. But the problem is you can't it, it, it goes too far. And uh, and ultimately, once you back away from this and you go back and you look at your tweets like four days later, like, I don't know about other people, but I feel like I like need to take a shower or something. You know, it's just like, this is gross. Like, what are we doing mm. here? This is just fun. Like f- there's a place for fun banter back and forth. But, you know, when you start like insulting, you know, places where people live and like have roots and that they have a lot of like pride about and, and things like that, it just feels icky afterward to me. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And no, that's so I felt. So I, I I felt really icky. I I, I just agree. I, I can see where you're coming from, and and how you can get caught up, and you know you think of some crafty little verbal jab to throw out there, right? But then you take a step back from it all, and you don't feel good about anything you just did. Whereas this guy is like you know a pig rolling around in in mud. Uh, yeah, he loves just it. Yeah. covering himself in it as happy as can be, and you're just on two different walks in life. Right. And I, and I think a lot of Denver fans will probably relate to this. I, you know, I, I saw plenty of comments coming out of, you know, uh, people that, that tweet a lot and, and, and are in the, in the fan base, um, pretty reg, you know, or, or pretty public about their fandom. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of sniping and snarkiness, but anyway, I think, 
you know, to kind of tie this back into the overall season, I feel like it's just it kind of stemmed out of this mood. You know, there was like we're all kind of disappointed at the start the Nuggets have had, despite the record. We all know that things aren't clicking. And yeah, like Jokic has looked out of shape or disinterested or a step slow, you know, whatever, whatever you're kind of seeing there. But he definitely just doesn't look quite right. Like he's not sharp. Um, And all of that stuff has just sort of boiled into just this kind of gross funk online, at least I feel like. And (laughs) so I'm partially to blame for some of that. I mean, I'm not a, a major media member. I have a, you know, my, my little tweets I throw out and, have a few people that follow him and stuff. So like, but you know, all of us online and anybody who does this for a living, we're all, you know, we're all part of this bigger network of conversation that happens. And I, I will personally apologize to, to anyone who I got snarky with over the last week and this kind of funk that I've been in. And, and I really hope that like, yeah, we can just reset. There's just this, you know, like, let's get back to having some fun. I feel like there's just such a weight on everybody's shoulders. And I, I'm, maybe I'm overblowing this or, or being overly sensitive. I don't know, but I, I just feel like I feel like we need to get back to having fun, and 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 this season hasn't felt fun. Yeah, that's an angle that you specifically have that I definitely would hate to see you uh, turn your back on that that honesty that you're feeling that you put out there. Another article I just got done promoting Zach's uh, your article today. Uh, again, today is Wednesday that we're recording this. Uh, about Barton and the five things that he hit on is is just it's awesome to read like there's that voice isn't really out there of uh, a purely honest kind of gushing angle and the ways that uh, you experience things and um, get hit with a new revelation and overturn things think things through in your mind uh, it's it's just kind of a rarity so not trying to turn this into like a, a well, praise you. your yeah. your podcast buddy thing, but um, that article was was awesome. Your your weekly article, your five nuggets, is is doing really well, and uh, it's just good to see. It's just uh, in podcasts. Maybe tone it down a little bit. Maybe let me talk a little bit more. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. I went on a little apology accepted. A little bit of a diatribe there. This is your moment, Jeremy. What do you have to say? Well, okay. So I have a great idea for a show. It's called NBA is food. (laughs) And it's all about the Knicks. (laughs) Why aren't we doing a show all about the Knicks? Maybe even more big picture. Maybe that maybe what would get would get things back to a level of fun that honestly I had last year. Last year was one of the most fun seasons of basketball I've ever followed. Yeah. You know, yeah. doing this show was a lot of fun and it was just it was a blast. The whole thing was a blast. Maybe we just like stop with the championship talk for now. We just like <laughs> stop with the uh the expectations and the and the beating the drum. You know, of, of everything that could, you know, rear its head as we get to the playoffs and maybe just go with the ride a, a Nick, little bit more this year and see what happens. Nick, you're being yeah. real sassy right now. No, no. Real sassy. 